So there are three main ways to make a cassette mixtape. The first way is by using a simple dual cassette deck, which is a cassette deck that has a cassette well on the left side and also on the right side. and arrows i'm amy Ooh, look at this cd i just found in the floorboard <laughs> shepherd and this is mitchell manley Keymaster and gatekeeper oh wait i thought gatekeepers were bad in this context gatekeepers are good okay. because i'm also the key master so, and i will let just about anybody into my gate uh, right is you know? that like an advertisement yeah that's that might be a promiscuity <laughs> thing i don't know but Okay. If you got, I, I've got the key and the gate, and just about anybody can get in if, as long as they just ask nicely. So yeah, and Sojourner was it Sojourner <laughs> Weaver? What was her name? Sojourner Truth? No, no, no. <laughs> Sojourner Weaver. Weaver. Yes, look, <laughs> you, you mixed up those two. Okay, fair enough. They're they're similar. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So I always mix them up. But either way, like yeah, I can see the resemblance. Right. <laughs> I mean, she did have her hair short in some films too. Right. I don't even know you anymore, Mitchell. Yeah, it's I'm okay. So confused. Yeah, my hair is all chopped off. I've I've had long hair for ten years, and now it's all gone. It's got to be longer than ten years. I started growing it out in 2009, I think, shortly after I moved back from Murfreesboro. So I got like one haircut whenever I moved back, and then didn't cut it again. Is it just, is it like me where now my hair is getting longer because I haven't gone to the hair place because i uh, lazy? Right. Yeah. It was something like that. I just got lazy. And then the longer it got, the more I was like, I'm just going to let it go. You know, <laughs> I, I hate getting haircuts because my hair is so curly. And so I'm like, unless it's someone who's been cutting my hair for years, it's tough to articulate how to cut my hair so it'll look good. Because as mm-hmm. soon as you cut it and it dries, it's just going to look completely different. You mean poofy. Yeah. It's going to get poofy. It's going to curl in places where it shouldn't cowlicks in places where you shouldn't have cowlicks nah it's all just curls That's yeah all it's, it is. it's just yeah. kinky curly this week your this was your idea yeah so what is your idea yeah so the idea was gateway bands or gateway songs so it could be songs that introduced you to a band that you previously didn't like so for instance i used to not really be into radiohead or modest mouse <gasps> even though a bunch of my friends were super into them and then i heard um Heart Cook's Brain by Modest Mouse, which is also mm-hmm. off of Lonesome Crowded West. And when I heard that song, it clicked in my head. And I was like, all of a sudden, I love Modest Mouse. They're one of my favorite bands. With Radiohead, it was a song called Talk Show Host that was on the, I think it was the Romeo and Juliet soundtrack, like the late 90s Romeo and Juliet. I and, just and thought... And there was a, yeah, it's called Talk Show Host by, by Radiohead. It was a song that I was like, okay, I get it now. I thought Kid A was everybody's, like, introduction. Yeah, also, I can't remember if, if Idiotech, I think, is on amnesiac but i may be wrong but yeah that's another radiohead song that like once i heard it i was like oh radiohead rules well what's the dude that has like um who's the front man for tom york tom york you know that one where he's like a magician on the front of his album yes that one made me like even like radiohead even more yeah that's true i can get into that yeah even though was it eraser yeah i think so something like that all right what'd you bring this week all right so i'm gonna start us off with a band called opeth and their song the drapery falls
Um, back in high school, I listened to a lot of new metal. Corn and Tool were my favorite bands. And I liked some other more legit metal too, but at that point, like the growly Cookie Monster vocals didn't really do anything for me. Uh, but one day I was exploring one of my Tool fan message boards, and, and they were talking about this Swedish band called Opeth, who had roots in death metal, but incorporated a lot of prog rock and like traditional Swedish folk influences into their sound. And they told me to start with their fifth record called Blackwater Park uh, because it was kind of a transitional record for them. The previous records had lots more of that growly vocal thing, but this record incorporated a lot more clean singing and uh, while still throwing in the guttural stuff occasionally. And then it also had like that, that mixture that was just the perfect hook to kind of get me accustomed to that vocal style. Uh, but I'd also never heard folk and prog influences in a death metal band like this. So Opeth just blew my mind and, and kind of opened the door for a lot of heavier underground metal. Uh, I remember my buddy JD calling Opeth bubble bath metal, and that descriptor almost sounds derogatory, but it's actually a pretty perfect encapsulation of their sound. Like they kind of vacillate from relaxed and contemplative with these like pretty folksy guitars, and then into raw and pummeling with like the gruff vocals and blast beats, and they do it really seamlessly and beautifully. So like getting into Opeth definitely opened many doors for me musically. Opeth. Opeth. Yeah. Opeth. That's not to be confused with Otep, who's a different band. Is that Bubba Hotep? No. Hotep oh. is, uh, they're like a rap metal group with a female <laughs> singer. And, like, she's pretty brutal. And, yeah, it's they were a heavy band, but Opeth um, withstands the test of time much better than Otep. I just feel like Opeth sounds like you get a lisp at the end. Yeah, Opeth. Opeth. Um, this is my magnum Opeth. <laughs> yes. So, this is really quite soothing for some metalness. Like, it does have the growly things, and... But it's like, I don't know, like there's some soothing vocals and guitars and some stuff going on that's like really chill. So I guess the bubble bath metal yeah, makes sense. Yeah, it does. Um, there is some story going on. I don't know. I got lost. I kind of got soothed into not caring what soothes. <laughs> soothes. Okay. Soothed into soothed the about the Opeth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I, w- I probably wouldn't even consider it like super metal, but it totally is super metal because... You know, it's not growly all throughout. And I feel like growling isn't totally necessary to be metal. Um, When the growliness does pop in, it's part of this, like, slow build that's going on. And then, like, this kind of conversation between, like, the quiet parts and then the loud parts. And I just, like, before today, all I knew about Opeth is that they write their name, like, really pretty. And generally, there weren't a million skulls on their album covers. Uh, I mean, there could be a ton of skulls on some stuff. but No, no uh, skulls, really. Yeah. I haven't seen anything with Skulls, and uh, another song where folks have used their time appropriately, and there is enough going on to make it worth being a 10-minute song. Also, the party voice and the growly voice is that same person. Same guy. How how in the world does he, like, maintain those pretty vocal cords while going, rah? Yeah, it takes a lot of vocal technique. That guy probably took some vocal lessons at some point to make sure that he didn't brutalize his voice on tour and stuff like that. Like, it does take a lot of legitimate technique to be able to do that and, and keep it long term without destroying your voice. Well, you do the growly vocals, right? A little bit. Right. Do, do you take vocal lessons? No, I just destroy my vocal cords and then have to take a month off from doing that sort of thing. Oh, okay. Which is bad form. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure a lot of people have done it, though, right? That's I mean, what- yeah, that's what a lot of people do. But like, especially if you're a touring band and you have to do that every single night and that's how you make your money, you better get some lessons and figure out how to, how to do yeah. that. Yeah. Ooh. Well, this week, I brought less than Jake's All My Best Friends Are Metalheads. Do you know about his faith and conviction? Oh, how she puts all his faith in religion? Did we take the time to really discover how little... 
It feels like it's a direct reference to you. It does, definitely <laughs> so. Yes. So the CD that I have that I, I had that was handed to me in the cafeteria, um, it didn't play anymore, but my like ska mix was handed to me by this like fluffy haired Dudorito. And um, <laughs> it's because the only ska I knew, I think, was No Doubt. And it wasn't ska because it, they were already in their like uh, ex-girlfriend stage. Right. Yeah. And so... Now I always try out new music genres and we make a show about it weekly. So ska is just so darn happy and people pretend like they don't like ska, but I don't believe them because it's just so happy and fun. Yeah, definitely. And you can't really be upset when you're listening to ska. And and this was the first track on that ska mix and I blasted it for years and years in my grand caravan and then <laughs> listened to a lot of other ska, but mostly lots of Less Than Jake and Me First and the Gimme Gimme's. There's some Operation Ivy in there, too. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think uh, we even, ha- I can't remember what episode it was, but I think one of my very first episodes, you used a picture of that CD as the yep. as the show pick. Yep. I still have it. It doesn't play anymore, though. Yeah, we'll have to reburn it. At least it's got all the track list things on yep. it. <laughs> yeah, so even though I, I am that fluffy-haired kid who introduced you to Sky, which I guess now that I've cut my hair, I look a little bit more like that I'm guy again. I'm waiting for it to get like more froish. Yeah. Yeah. You just like see it bouncing as I'm walking. Yeah. Just yeah. So I, I can basically bandwagon right beside you having <laughs> less than Jake being my gateway into ska. I used to listen to a lot of pop punk and I played trumpet in the school band. So when my buddy Eric Ray introduced me to less than Jake and their album losing streak, I knew I found something that was going to stick with me for a long time, for a long time. Uh, this song was on their album. Hello rock view, which is, I think, I think one of their best. It's very high energy, lots of anthemic sing-alongs, and the lyrics basically narrate every emotion that a high school punk rocker is bound to experience. And the music's just so uplifting and cathartic, even when it's talking about like existential angst or being bummed about life or like feeling stuck, you know, in your shitty hometown. You know, I don't want to pigeonhole skies being only for teens, <laughs> but it's just that perfect expression of, of those teenage feels. And like, in fact, there's a meme online that says skies the music that plays when a 13 year old kid like gets mozzarella sticks. <laughs> like that's some music. I think that's a pretty accurate descriptor. It's just like excitement and contentment and, and even a feeling of like finding acceptance and, and finding where you fit into your own world. You know, like sky definitely shaped a lot about who I am and how I live and a lot of that positivity and even when you're dealing with tough stuff there's a way to to turn it into something positive and uplifting it's called horns yeah i mean you're pretty much <laughs> that's pretty much it yes oh thank you so much for the nice comments yeah of course uh, i think like i was looking at, i was like i'm pretty sure i'm the person who wrote the list right, on yeah. there because you just wrote ska mix and very perfect handwriting and then it's oh just man like, my my handwriting is usually awful so i guess i just really took time to write those six letters ska mix <laughs> I, was it really just because I was hanging around John Sniglio? Yeah, probably and so. And you're like, oh, God, this girl. She, like, she, here, you need this. Yes, please. We need to stop inoculate wearing, you into our world. Stop, stop wearing all the emo stuff, right? Yeah. yeah. Ear Buddies, they brought a ton of new stuff that I hadn't heard of before, which I'm really excited about. Mm-hmm. Starting off, Will K brings Nothing Nowhere, I've Been Doing Well. Get a real job, 
535 at the bus stop Heard they got benefits and it's evident that you got what it takes to get to the top Well you been going through things, but you can feel better when the money comes in And every night you get blessed in your life while you stare at the ceiling No fucking feelings Bring it, bring it back to the good old days To the rundown park where we used to skate Paul and Connor, John Burton, Lopez Now one day that I feel as hopeless Goddamn. And they try to get me to go to therapy, please no human alive can read by my mind what you think it's alive I said I was fine Quarters in my pocket, a few dollars in my wallet He says, this song got me into this band as well as into emo trap in general Yes, emo trap is a thing, don't judge me <laughs> Oh, the sad sound of young white men That's true <laughs> It reminds me of high school so much And this is like thematically like Thursdays for the workforce drowning But like um, with rapping mm-hmm. uh, The harmonies and guitar lead And it just it's so lovely And it's nice to have something new Which isn't exactly 21 Pilots But I feel like 21 Pilots They, they might have listened to this a little bit Uh, When we were young, doing that most typical path is like the really worst, most terrible concept because doing something new and different is what we want to do. But sometimes we fall into the path of least resistance when, dang, life is hard and food costs money. Yeah, it's a real bummer. Yeah. So, yeah, this definitely has that sound that reminds me of high school as well, both because of the cheesy emo that I was into and the hip-hop that everybody else at our high school was into. Yeah, yeah, that, that's true. <laughs> yeah, e- emo trap is definitely a niche that I wouldn't imagine working as well as it does here. It's got the, like, slow, chimey guitars and the whiny emo voice that really puts you into that sad boy headspace, but the hip-hop beats kind of sneak in, and you're listening to a white boy rap before you even realize what's happening. Uh, obviously this probably isn't going to muster, uh, this isn't going to pass muster for most hip hop heads, but I give them credit for originality. You know, I've listened to a lot of experimental hip hop like cloud dead and, and other like Anticon records artists who use a lot of spacey ambient sounds as the backdrop for their beats, as opposed to like bumping horns and synth bass and all that sort of stuff. Uh, that was really unique in the mid to into in the mid to late 2000s and then like came into bigger prominence with like Lil Peep and all those cloud rappers. So this is just finding yet another kind of unorthodox music bed to put hip hop style on. And I think for what they're trying to achieve, nothing nowhere did a good job of kind of merging those two disparate sounds into something unique and relatively listenable. Yeah. But like not as commercial as 21 pilots. Right. Yeah, definitely. And there's some, I don't know, something weird going with the cadence for 21 pilots. And this one felt much more classically hip hop. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not super into 21 pilots. I I like this a little bit better in my opinion, I think. Yeah. Well, I went to that one concert at FedEx Forum uh-huh. in 21 Pilots. Oh, yeah, that's right. You did. They play trumpet. Oh, really? Yeah. W- was it a good show at least? Did they it put was on a, a really good show for two people. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, Christopher L. brings Margot and the nuclear so-and-so's skeleton key. Don't claim you love me because you know that ain't true.
not sure what the genre is. Let's just face it. I generally don't know what genres are anyway. True. Yeah. Uh, I like the quietness and the strings that are going on here. And it's like peppy songs about sadness are totally in my lane. And it has hand claps. And uh, I don't know a person who doesn't like hand claps. Yeah, hand claps make everything better in my opinion. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Chris and I used to talk about music quite a bit several years ago. And and since I have a pretty deep well, it would always kind of get Chris's goat a little bit whenever he would like discover a great new band and I had already heard of them. (laughs) So if I recall correctly, like Margot and the Nuclear So-and-Sos was one of the first ones that he thought he was going to introduce me to. And then he messaged me about it. I was like, yeah, man, I've been listening to them for years now. He's like, how do you know every band? (laughs) So, yeah, I'm, I'm not quite as current uh, with checking out new stuff anymore, so you could probably catch me with my funk down a little bit at this point. But there was a time where you had to be a professional music journalist to find a band before I did. Uh, as for Margot and the Nuclear So-and-Sos, I think I came across them whenever I was looking for bands that are similar to, like, <laughs> Murder by Death and Cursive. Just indie bands with cellos and horns is kind of a persistent part of their music. Uh, I haven't really listened to much of their other stuff, but this record, which was called The Dust of Retreat, is just so fun and chill. And also the strings and the poignant lyrics just really tug at the heartstrings and and make their music a little bit more epic than most of their indie counterparts. Uh, They never really saw much success past like a modest indie following, and maybe it's because people just kind of saw them as copycats because of the instrumentation. But I think they hold their own as a unique band. They just you know they used a a tried and true style, but I think they convey something unique and novel to just them. Did you go to the Cursive concert? I didn't. I should have. I thought really hard about it, and Alyssa probably could have got me in. But yeah, she said it was insanely good. I'm I was working. Yeah, it's cursive and the cloud nothings in the Appleseed cast. I've seen the Appleseed cast before, and Appleseed cast puts on a crazy good show. Very very tight band, and I imagine cursive would have just been epic. I'm pretty sure the cloud nothings are we've featured before. Yeah, I think we've had them before <laughs> on some episode. Yeah, so I, I had I have to imagine that was just an insane show. I bet it was. I heard a little that you didn't go. It's okay. No. Kayla brought Bass Nectar's Boombox. In 2011, I got into dubstep electronic music because of a classmate in my Automotive 101 class. The first artist they introduced me to was Bass Nectar with his album, Kaza Frenzy. Uh, I later went to a Bass Nectar concert, got contact high, and had a blast with my friends. This was the first song on the CD that was given to me. I wish I knew how all these sounds get made because I just (laughs) like them. Uh, I like spacey sounds so much. Still don't know what a dub is, and... um. I can't just imagine blasting this uh, just to get excited and hype for like a long night on work. It definitely does that. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, du- dubstep's never been my thing, unfortunately. Uh, but I've tried really hard. Like a couple years ago, I had a huge crush on this girl who loved bass nectar, <laughs> and she would like travel all around the country and go see him live. So I, like tried really hard to get into it so I could have a way to relate to this girl, but it just never took. I'm also like really particular about electronic music and probably have different expectations and appreciations for electronic music. Uh, a lot of folks want that super hype electronic music that they you know take drugs to and dance for four hours straight. I'm a bigger fan of like the ambient stuff like Boards of Canada, Aphex Twin, Bonobo, stuff that kind of makes you nod your head to the beat but feels a bit more chill and contemplative. Uh, no doubt, though, that Bass Nectar was a gateway for a lot of folks. Uh, electronic dance music's always been... You know, kind of had a relatively small but strong niche of listeners, you know, people who went to raves and alternative dance clubs. And there was a brief foray into, into the mainstream in like the 90s with Sandstorm and like the Chemical Brothers. But no one really brought EDM into the into the forefront the way that like Skrillex and Bass Nectar did in the late 2000s, early 2010s. Now dubstep has kind of become cliche and its, its popularity is waning a bit. But hats off to the folks still out there jamming that Bass Nectar. Yeah. Wait, you don't want to take drugs and dance for four hours straight? I mean, if I'm going to do that, it's probably going to be to some, like, electro dance sort of... It's not going to be to dubstep, I don't think. It's going to be to something a little bit happier and more, like, funky rather than... Okay. Wub, 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 wub. I just, like, I know that you dance around a bit, but I just don't see you dancing for four hours straight. Yeah, it, it would definitely require the drugs. It would require <laughs> some some amphetamine of some sort, probably. Don't take that as bad for you. I mean, that's what I've heard. <laughs> okay. Um, Soup brings boys to men's Motown Philly. Live and direct from This was the first time in my young life that I really started to appreciate music on a new level. The breakdown when the boys sing a cappella made me want to become a singer. Just the overall tight sound of these four was so dynamic. I mean, everybody can remember slow dancing to one of these boys to men songs back in the day. They changed R&B forever. This is soup. Just waiting for the water to run dry as I watch four seasons change. (laughs) I don't know where we was going with that one. Sometimes it's like a... you know how was it Ulysses by James Joyce? <laughs> yeah, is like a stream of consciousness. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of feel that right now. Yeah, just ha- just talking to soup is like just a stream of consciousness. Yeah, it's it's I interesting. It. Yeah, so I remember Boys to Men as like this band that I would listen to on like the late night request lines on my Walkman radio that I would sneak in bed with me. He usually sandwiched between Casey, yeah, Casey and JoJo, Casey and, and JoJo, and like whatever Mariah Carey songs going on. Yeah, uh, literally burned through so many batteries listening to the radio late night. It's a victimless crime that probably led to me being such a late night person. <laughs> 
harmonies and just that electronic beat that's so very 90s it's boys to men great i don't think they all are doing great but you know they're they're good yeah i think i don't know i think one of them had some some troubles recently but i think they're all on the straight and narrow once again okay yeah boys to men were also a pretty seminal group for me as well uh growing up in west tennessee and like the whitest of white families <laughs> i was mainly exposed to country and the whitest of white boy rock music uh, so whenever I started paying attention to MTV and VH1 and started discovering hip-hop and R&B, it was quite the game-changer. Like, I remember discovering Boys to Men and All for One and Casey and JoJo and all those, like, early 90s soul and R&B groups that used a lot of complex vocal harmonies, really complicated, dirty jazz chords on, like, soulful-sounding electric pianos. And I was just hooked to, way, to the way that that sounded. And, you know, Boys to Men also gets extra credit because they started out with stuff like this song, which more is more amped up and, like, swinging soul and r&b but they made that smooth transition into kind of being the gods of the slow jam and they do both equally well in my opinion yeah like i definitely liked like the little romance songs Mm -hmm. i think god yeah maybe everybody was just really romantic in the 90s right yeah Yeah. and and, and like you said like the the late night request lines it's like you're listening to delilah and this is boys to men on bended knee (laughs) this one goes out to amy now I just or feel whatever, awkward. You know. yeah. yeah. Well, you know, Dyersburg had a really good request. request, request line. Sorry, I can't talk. <laughs> Dyersburg had a really good one. And, like, I was just far enough outside of Jackson. Oh, yeah, that that's I could right. Get yeah. It. yeah. So it was really, really good. Uh, Charlie Z brings Hums Stars. I found the sitting naked about it but i like skimmed it and <laughs> i think it's space rock is this what this is yeah i'd call this space rock okay um this could be grunge yeah they're kind of post grunge we'll get into it yeah it's got slow quiet guitar it's very contemplative i said it right mm-hmm. uh, i think hum recently reunited from what charlie wrote mm-hmm. i said i just skimmed it uh it sounds pretty modern for something released in 1995 or just it's set like a great example for everyone who came later, which I think is actually part of the point of what yes, definitely Charlie wrote. So. Yeah, so. Definitely so. Yeah. yeah, Discovering Hum, definitely a big deal for me as well. Uh, the album dropped in 1995, shortly after grunge had slayed the hair metal beast. <laughs> Shoegaze had kind of made its way from Europe and over to the States. So bands like Hum kind of took the best of the, both of those worlds to make this really emotionally charged music that it wasn't really grunge and it wasn't really Shoegaze and didn't really sound like the burgeoning Midwest emo stuff like Jawbreaker or like Sunny Day Real Estate either. Uh, yet it somehow fit equally well alongside all those bands. You know, I think after Kurt Cobain iced himself and like grunge had reached this pinnacle, 
something really amorphous and unique like home was exactly what the world needed so they kind of glommed onto this single and it blew up i'm kind of glad that they didn't become a huge thing though because uh, they truly are a very unique band and i, I feel like they could have easily started writing like post grunge radio hits but they kind of stayed true to themselves and just kept exploring and, and chipping away at boundaries between genres and i think that vision is kind of what made them a cult classic um in the long run and do they ever do songs where it's just them humming? Not that I can recall, but I think they've got four records, so surely there's some humming on at least one of them. This one had a zebra on front. It did. <laughs> uh, Mary Beth brings Homeless Gospel Choir's Armageddon. I bought some batteries from the dollar store. Next week I'll go out and buy some more. Backyard. It wasn't all that hard. Just hope it isn't poison from all the fracking. The apocalypse is really bad this time. You can say I'm a little nervous, you can say I'm filled with fear, but we don't need your government, your health care or your queers. We're taking back the Constitution, taking back the White House too. We're going back to the way things were in 1492. Doc Dynasty. She says, this is my introduction to folk punk. LOL. First of all, the line, the apocalypse is really bad this time. Right. It makes me happy for As some As opposed reason. to the other times that the apocalypse was, was fantastic. It really yeah. went off without a hitch. It was, it was just kind of bad sometimes, but not necessarily really bad. Um, this is when the orphan children's choir grows up, except there's only one of them. Right. Uh, this, is, <laughs> this is literally what they break off and do as their side projects. Um, this is now my dream. We're just going to go with this. I'll let you have your dream. Yes. This hits me in like that Daniel Johnston part of my soul ears. The acoustic, <laughs> like there's this like really cool acoustic change into like electronic and also uh, I like political songs and it yeah. got very political all of a sudden out of nowhere. And so the, that abrasive other side was in the electric, which you wouldn't have thought that for the Bob right. Dylan, like there's like the Bob Dylan goes electric yeah, and then like back to acoustic. So it's like a conversation. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you know, I probably wouldn't have pulled that, like, Daniel Johnston-y mood for this, but I think you're right, and that actually kind of gives me a bit more appreciation for, like, certain folk punk bands that, like, now that you mention it, totally have that sort of aesthetic at heart. You know, with the the DIY values and, like, vagrancy and traveling around kind of being a fundamental aspect of punk music, I think that folk punk is a pretty natural milestone in the punk timeline. It's essentially punk rock bluegrass, lots of acoustic instruments that you can play anywhere and at any time, and you can play on the streets to Spange for money, and you can write a new song every day about your little crusty punk adventures, (laughs) and you share them with all your little crusty punk friends. Uh, but the unfortunate result is that like a lot of folk punk just kind of starts to sound exactly the same and kind of indistinguishable between bands because you don't really need talent and vision to be a folk punker. You hey. just need an acoustic <laughs> instrument and you got to quit bathing for a little while and that's like the only requirements. But, you know, I don't want to discount the good stuff, though, and, and Homeless Gospel Choir is definitely among the good ones. Uh, I'd also recommend Ghost Mice and a band called Blackbird Rom. 
uh, two other really great folk punk bands who do things right. And when executed correctly, a few things can kind of tap into your soul the way a good folk punk tune can. So the folk part is like the acoustic bits. And right. The political undertones overtones mm-hmm. that's the that's punk the punk part. part and a lot of folk punks sing about you know breaking into abandoned buildings and going exploring and stuff like that how many folk punk ha- was written in crosstown before it like became uh, yeah it i imagine there's probably a lot of folk punk songs written about crosstown okay that's all the abandoned buildings before they actually put stuff in them there's so many like abandoned buildings that people have done that also johnny wrote something on the facebook group yeah. And I don't know if it's about you. Let's see what what it says. It says, I got a haircut in Norway when all the weight started pulling me down. <laughs> Smelling water like a waterlogged wet dog ain't no way to travel. But as soon as I chopped it all off, it just grew back thick and brown. I keep tugging along the thread, hoping it all might come unraveled. I keep trying. <laughs> I, keep- <Yeah. laughs> I don't know if this is about me, but Johnny is definitely a poetic fella. Yeah, just... There's a there's a lot of poetry going on in here, but I feel like this is about your hair. Yeah, I'll have to double check that and, and see if I can't relate it. We'll get a we'll get a poetic reading from Johnny himself, maybe. Yes, the whole poetic reading. I just covered like maybe a fourth of the Oh yeah. That's why I was like, I'm not gonna let you read that whole thing. It's so much. <laughs> there's a lot. But J- Johnny has a way with words and I appreciate what he wrote. So this was his original work, right? I think so, for sure. <laughs> okay. If you want to leave, like, long poetry about Mitchell's hair, just go ahead and do that. It's a Earbuds and Earworms podcast group on Facebook and the Twitters. I'm at Pow I Gotcha. I'm at Madam Woolite, and the show is at E-N-D Pod. The voicemail line for when Johnny feels like giving us a poetic Dude, reading. please. <laughs> is? 731-400-BUDS or? 731-400-2837. You can email the show, endpod at gmail.com. And you can always check out the show online, endpod.com, part of the 10710 Network. What is the last song? I'm going to leave us with why, question mark, and uh, their song Dumb Hummer. Uh, I vividly remember hearing why for the first time in my buddy Brandon Beard's car. Uh, We were hanging out before playing a show with our band Sree, and Brandon and I had just left Fantastic Sam's where he'd just gotten a haircut. And we were just like driving around, wasting, wasting some time before heading to pick up our gear, and Brandon played this song called Dumb Hummer. Uh, I remember thinking the lyrics were just so random and weird, but also like oddly specific and personal sometimes. And musically, it was just so catchy and poppy that somehow I knew a lot of the words by heart after only hearing the song the one time. So I looked it up some other day and like just fell into a very deep rabbit hole. Uh, Wise solo music was all incredible, but he was also a member of a, a rap group called Cloud Dead. They were an experimental hip hop group that was like nothing that I'd ever heard before. And then I followed that even deeper to their record label called Anticon. Uh, which was a collective of Y and eight other friends and bandmates. They just had this huge catalog of projects that they had done independently and with one another and just strange bands that they had discovered and put on their label. And so I was just obsessed with everything Anticon for probably three years straight after that. And still to this day, I just listen to tons of that old Anticon stuff. And I trace it all back to to hearing this one song in Brandon's car that day. So uh, hopefully it has a similar effect on all of you as you enjoy my first Y song called Dumb Hummer. If you've ever sipped Guinness to a cigarette filter Or unwittingly tailor 
As opposed to the other times that the apocalypse was was fantastic, it really went off without a hitch. It was